Are you ready? Power. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. What is up, everybody? This is the Alliance Guys podcast coming at you hot on a Thursday evening. My name is Jay Cal. This guy right here is DKM. And tonight we are the Alliance Guys. And we have a special guest. Hopefully, he'll be joining us momentarily. But we're your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. At least that's what we tell people on the internet. DK, how are you, my friend? I am. I'm hot. That's how I am. And I ain't talking about just my ravaging good looks. I'm talking about the actual temperature. It's hot. You drinking tea? Who wouldn't be drinking tea? Aren't you civilized? Uh, no, I'm not. Not at all. I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking some coffee, and I'm drinking some uh, vitamin water. And uh, somewhere I have another water bottle around here somewhere. I have bottled water, but not the expensive bottled water. But stuff they probably filled out of the tap. The tap water, you know, tap water's all right. Uh, I want to say what's up to everyone in the chat. I see uh, wrestling with the MMA is here. Willie Bowen is in the house. Uh, Terry McDermott's here. Uh, Willie, uh, wrestling with the MMA wants to remind you guys, if you're new to the stream, thanks for checking us out. If you like what you see, hit that thumbs up. And if you, if you feel so inclined, subscribe and share with your friends. We're here every Thursday night to talk to you about NWA wrestling. That's NWA power, NWA USA, and all the other fun stuff that comes out of that beautiful, uh, blue and gold machine that we call the national wrestling Alliance. I also see uh, NWA Gold. He he co-hosted with me last week. DK did a pretty good job. I'm not saying you have to worry about your job, but if uh, you ever call out sick, I got a replacement. Really? He was. Mm. Hey, if I call if I call out sick, he might come in and replace me. Oh, that I can see. Jason Newsom's in the house. You're just the host. How important are you? I'm I'm ready to take a back seat and just be the producer for the show and let you guys run it. Let me know when you want to do that. I'll I'll, I'll be here to be your safety net, but you guys run the show. You and Jaden, hell, you bring Kevin on too, and I'll just be behind the scenes. I'll make everything work. Uh, it's not as much fun to pick on you that way. Well, I can't defend myself. That's the best way to do it. I know, but we like it when you try because it makes us <laughs> laugh more. Jason Newsom's in the house. Did I tell you that I got to meet Jason Newsom? At, in Nashville, he was there for the um, Crockett Cup. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is when you do this video, you guys all know what we look like. So if you see us out in, in the real world, I mean, especially if you're wearing an Alliance shirt or something, uh, we're easy to identify. I wasn't wearing my hat, but he still was able to point me out and uh, came and said hello. It was one of the coolest things. He's such a nice guy. I've known Jason through social media for years, but that was the first time I actually got to see him. So it was pretty cool. I want all of our fans to know that if they ever see me out in public, they are free to come up and say hi. 
Now, I can't promise you that you won't get hit with a stun gun, but you are free to now, <laughs> you're, you're you're free to come say hi. When you say stun gun, are you talking about like you're gonna Steve Austin pick him up and drop him on the top rope, or do you literally have a little taser that's in your pocket that you're gonna shoot him with? I don't know. I told you that would ruin all the fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> no surprises. <laughs> so, so, if you can't tell, we're stalling just a tad to see if our uh, if our guest is gonna make it. And uh, we're, we're right up about five minutes here, and he still hasn't showed up yet. So I think we're going to move on to the NWA. But if, if we break character, if we start talking about Texas wrestling, you know that we're going to bring on our guest who's Big Fitz. He is your iconic Heroes of Wrestling Excellence heavyweight champion. He won that title last Thursday, well, one week ago today, at the show you were at, DK. And uh, if he comes on, we will definitely spend some time with yep. him talking about what happened and how it happened and why it happened. And of course, we're going to talk to him about his career and all that good stuff. But until then, let's talk some NWA. Okay. You remember when the show used to be called Talk NWA? That was fun. I do. I remember why we changed the name. <laughs> well, you know, you know how it goes. So we wanted, what to, create, we wanted to create our own brand. It's funny because I, I was so worried about the litigiousness of the name that I was deaf, did not want NWA anywhere in the name. And then like 10 years later, you got uh, Gary Horn and company coming out with this is the NWA podcast. And I, hmm, I guess I would have been safe if I if I would have kept the old uh, the old name. Yeah, different owners. Different owners. Well, first, let's um, we talked about this on the on the on the uh we talked about this on the pre-party, and I want to get your take on it because you and I kind of are in line with a lot of the same things. But uh, last week during WrestleMania weekend, um, for Game Changer Wrestling, which is not sanctioning NWA title matches or United Wrestling Network title matches, but they did happen to have both of those world champions face off in a non-title match. Had nothing to do with United Wrestling Network, had nothing to do with the NWA, except for the men that hold those titles were in the same ring. And the end result was... Chris Dickinson pinning both Chelsea Green and your world's heavyweight champion, always ready, Matt Cardona. And I, it left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. And you know, DK, you know that I'm a huge Chris Dickinson fan. I support the United Wrestling Network. I really like what they're doing over there. I think Dickinson was the right guy at the right time. Um, even after the injury, I still think he's the right guy. But this kind of... This kind of has like a, a has a sour taste because this show we we're here to support the NWA. We're here to podcast about the NWA. We're bringing awareness about the National Wrestling Alliance. And anytime I see something that I feel like could hurt the NWA, I speak up about it. And this is one of those instances where I felt like this might have hurt the NWA. What do you feel about this uh, non-title match? Not sanctioned by the NWA. Not sanctioned by United Wrestling Network. But our world's heavyweight champion lost to another world champion in a different company's ring. How do you feel about that? Well, it's not good. I mean, just in plain, simple English, that's that's never a good thing to have. You never want anybody to be able to say, well, I beat your world champion. Because, I mean, 
you know, look, I'm not a fan of Game Changer at all. The very definition of just garbage wrestling. And I'm sure there was all sorts of garbage that took place during this match to try and give outs for whoever won. But it, it's still, when push comes to shove, uh, uh, Dickinson gets to go on to, gets to go to his home promotion and gets to do a promo and talk about how he beat some other organization's world champion. And that's not what you want. And this is the type of, we had the same thing. I guess he's finally bringing out the NWA title to impact, or at least he did at the Dallas show. But, you know, it was the same thing when he was wrestling a five foot three, 130 pound female. You know, it's like, this is what you want your world champion to be. I mean, that's why I didn't drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And why, and, and look, I'm all for a Matt Cardona going out and making money. You know, I've said that before. You, you, you do this to make money or, or you're an idiot, one of the two. <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah. And I don't know. You know, back in the day, you could hide this. You know, world-class injured Chris Adams so he could go spend a month wrestling in California. But you can't do that these days. Yeah, that's for sure. And so it all gets out there because it's... I mean, let's understand anybody that falls wrestling to any degree outside of WWE is a niche follower. And so saying, oh, well, this is going to help this or that or whatever, or he's going to get it out there. Well, maybe, yeah, kind of, sure, but nobody cares. Right. I mean, at the end, you know, at the end of the day, you draw three fans, you piss off four fans, and you hope that one of the four you pissed off stay, (laughs) you know. I mean, that's fair. Uh, Now, that being said, I think we've actually seen the NWA take a lot of good steps here. I mean, there are matches I'm interested in 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 the NWA with Matt Cardona. I just don't really want to hear about anything he's doing elsewhere. But, you know, as we'll talk about when we cover the shows, he's certainly got a fair share of people that want to kick his ass. So, Yeah. Well, and, and then just to punctuate that is uh, NWA Gold says it does more harm to the NWA than good for United Wrestling Network because, and I'm sorry for this, it's a good product, but no one knows what the United Wrestling Network is. And you know what? You're not, I'm not disagreeing with you, uh, Tim. I hope, my hopes are at some point that the United Wrestling Network becomes a brand that you're more uh, familiar with. At least, uh, you know, if not on par with the NWA, at least something close to it. But uh, as it is right now, it's still a growing brand. It's still, you know, it, we talk about the NWA and how, you know, it's, it's although it's been around for 74 years, going on 75 or 74 years, um, it's still a, a legacy brand, but it's being treated like a startup. United Wrestling Network has been around for 
almost 12 years now. And uh, it's still just kind of growing at a, you know, relatively slow place. But we'll see how everything goes uh, moving forward. Um, Terry McDermott says, Matt is an idiot, but he makes good money. <laughs> so, I mean, there you go. Um, now, without any further ado, I do want to, uh, we did tell you guys that we had a, a special guest today. And our guest this evening he is currently the reigning and defending Iconic Heroes of Wrestling Excellence heavyweight champion. He stands no, not excellent. He's the world champion. Right. I, I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> heavyweight champion, world champion. He stands at six foot ten. He weighs 350 pounds. He was trained by Steve Kirby and Rodney Mack. And you know, if, if you can put Rodney Mack in your resume, that definitely means something. And he only has been wrestling for three years. That's a short amount of time for someone who has become quite literally one of the biggest guys in Texas. Our guest for tonight will be Big Fitz, who's joining us now. Fitz, what is going on, sir? How's it going, guys? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're, you're coming in clear. Great. Are you better than me? <laughs> yeah, I had some... Uh... I had some trouble at work that kind of kept me uh, uh, occupied. Sorry about that. Well, we're glad to have you here, and I hope you're uh, hope you're happy to be here too. Uh, so let's let's talk about the beginnings because uh, a lot of our audience, uh, you know, we're an NWA themed podcast, but we are trying to support some of the local independents, uh, especially with uh, you know DK's uh, friendship with. Uh, the IHWE, uh, we want to help bring a spotlight to that promotion. And as the world champion, the heavyweight champion, you are that guy. So let's talk about your beginnings in the world of professional wrestling, uh, because I think your story is pretty interesting. Um, you said it earlier today to us that uh, you started off as being a fan and didn't even really know that independent wrestling existed. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what was your exposure to independent wrestling? How'd you get there? Well, it's wild. So um, I've told this story before, and it's 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 still kind of crazy that it all came together the way it did. I uh, I was a fan probably when most people my age were a fan. You know, the Monday Night Wars and a little bit before when, you know, I mean, there's magical stuff happening in wrestling during that time. I don't yeah. think there was a person in America that wasn't a fan at that point. Um, but, you know, life kind of happened, right? And uh, as that was sort of dying down and, you know, I joined the military and started my career and stuff, I kind of lost track of wrestling for a long time. Uh, a few years back, I was new to a church that, uh, that I go to and, you know, trying to make friends and everything. And I heard a couple of guys talking about wrestling and I was like, great common ground, right? Went over, started having a discussion with them and everything. And Presley Miller, who does a lot of the, uh, uh, helps out with the media and the production at, uh, Metroplex wrestling in Bedford. He, uh, he says, Hey man, you want to go catch a wrestling show this weekend? And I'm thinking, I'm trying to do the calculus in my head. Like, wait, this weekend. I mean, Raw's on Monday, and SmackDown <laughs> SmackDown was during the week at that point, I think. Uh, anyway, uh, so I'm trying to figure out, like, where are we going? You know, American Airlines Center? Like, where, where, are, we, uh, where are we headed? He's like, nah, dude, a strip mall in Bedford. <laughs> and, and that was the first time I was made aware that, like, all over the country, there's independent promotions that are, that are putting on wrestling shows. And, uh, you know, long story short, I went there, and I brought my daughter, who, uh, you know, my wife had to work that night. And I thought she, I brought her Game Boy and stuff. She's not going to enjoy this. So she'll just sit next to me and play her games while me and Presley watch wrestling. And dude, she had a blast. I mean, she How lost. She? Oh, gosh. Let's see. So this was probably close to five years ago. So seven or eight, you know? Um, 
maybe eight. Yeah. And she just loved it, man. And, um, and, and we had a great time and she figured out very quickly. This is what I love about kid fans. They're smart and they know, they figure out fairly quickly the nature of what's going on and they don't care. You know, they play along. It's one of the things that like, I wish more fans could learn from children in that regard, you know? Uh, she figured it out very quickly, started figuring out that she got a good reaction when she talked smack to heels. And, and of course, at the time, Jamie Oller uh, and her would just go at it and mix it up. We started attending for like a year, maybe more, every single week. <clears throat> and uh, uh, eventually had her birthday party there because she was oh. such a huge super fan. So I That's reached great. out to Kirby and said, hey, man, what's it going to take for me to have a birthday party here and just have a private show for her and her friends? So we made that happen. Um you know, in the process, uh, at the time I was sort of considering getting into it, but I didn't think it was going to happen for me. You know, I figured, oh, I'm a dad, I'm too old. You know, I'm, you know, in my late thirties at this point. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Kirby, uh, kept trying to bug me to do it. And, and I, I went to like their intro class, you know, but I, I, at the time I had no intention of doing anything more than that. Um, and he called me up before her birthday and said, Hey, what do you think about like the heels try to ruin your daughter's birthday party? <laughs> And daddy kicks their ass. And I was like, oh, that sounds fantastic. What a great idea. What dad is going to say no? So birthday party comes around. I don't remember the exact setup. Something about the ref had got hit in the semi-main and he couldn't comp he couldn't continue. And daddy was going to be the uh, guest ref. But since I don't know anything about wrestling, it's going to be no DQ. And all I have to do is count, right? At some point, I count too slow. Kirby pushes me. I push him. He takes the big bump. Uh Two other heels come in, start beating on me. I toss them out of the ring, pick Kirby up and give him a body slam. Cause that's like the one thing that he taught me how to do at training at that point. And, uh, and then I like, I tore off this like stupid Hawaiian shirt that I had. And under it was like the shirt with Brooklyn's favorite faction on it, you know? And so I've got all of her friends and their parents just cheering and going crazy. And I was like, dude, I got to do this. Like, <laughs> this is rad. <laughs> what a great story. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Um, it's funny you bring that up because uh, one of the uh, for a while I was a single dad and how my daughter and I bonded was I would take her to wrestling shows. And, uh, you know, then then the girlfriend started coming with us and now the girlfriend's the wife and we would go to wrestling yep. shows all the time. And, and then just uh, daddy daughter time, uh, I would leave the wife at home with the other ones and the other little kids. And and just me and my oldest would go to wrestling shows. And I mean, we were just in Nashville for the Crockett Cup for the NWA show. Oh, awesome. And uh, it like she saw a wrestler that she grew up with, uh, Johnny Yuma, mm -hmm. and her face lit up when she saw him. It was just the most incredible, like, little five seconds. And he popped when he saw her because well, he doesn't expect anyone from California to be in Nashville. So yeah. it was it was a fun little moment. So I totally get those stories. That's And that's great. It's great bonding time, man, with, with my kid. You know, we would hang, hang out and have a good time, try to one-up each other on the smack talk. And <laughs> uh, Only recently, actually, we got to go see a show together and sit in the crowd and just be fans again, and it was uh, it was kind of refreshing. She's kind of like – it was more of a phase for her, uh -huh. um, but she had a good time. And then, you know, of course, she said, you know, wrestling's not the same around here since Jamie Aller stopped doing it. I said, what do you mean? She said, well – when I yell and talk trash to the heels, a lot of them don't know what to say, and he always did. <laughs> so he was a great heel. So that you just set up the plate. You set up a, a great story of how you kind of got into independent wrestling. Um, and I, wh which promotions did you regularly attend uh, in those days where you were just a fan? 
Uh, I went to MPX mostly. I went to a couple of Dallas Championship Wrestling uh, DCW shows and uh, Pro Wrestling Religion, which was uh, Johnny Melee was running that at the time. Okay. Um, they weren't as frequent like MPX at the time. MPX and uh, and and uh, DFW All Pro were the only ones that were really running steady and regularly. Um, so when I was a fan, that was pretty much where I thought. Obviously, MPX being so close to my house and being every Saturday, that was sort of the priority. Um, and, and, you know, with a weekly product, they were able to put, you know, good long-term storylines together. And, um, and man, I'm telling you, like, this is one, one of the few wrestling promotions that's been around for, you know, I guess 10 years or so now and has managed to like stay profitable for most of that. I mean, obviously it's a small profit, but you know, they run it like a business, which, uh, you know, has contributed to the longevity. I mean, I think that's important Uh, out here in Southern California, we have a handful of promotions that have. You know, some of them have been around for 20 plus years now, um, but those guys uh, kind of grew up in the business. Uh, one of our one of our big promotions out here, um, I say big, I don't mean big, just long lasting. Uh, the he, the uh, owner of the promotion used to be a referee at the Grand Olympic mm-hmm. Auditorium back in the old NWA Hollywood days. And he used to referee with the AWA and the WWE. So you actually have someone who knew what the business when he opened up shop. So it's it's kind of refreshing to see you know, some, some promotions that have longevity. Cause you see so many, so many places just kind of pop up here for a little bit and then gone and then gone. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of, um, I don't think that's good for, at least in our area, it's not good for the scene because it, it just messes everything up. I'd rather those guys just stay fans and, and not try to get into the business of promoting. Yeah. There's some guys that, um, you know, they're fans and then they come into some money or they already have some money or they have a good shoot job and they get into the promotion business. And sometimes it's successful and sometimes it's not. I've noticed that the ones that seem to be successful are the ones who bring in guys that know the business to help them out. Um, there's a there's a promotion out here, King of Sports. Um, and, uh, you know, the guy running it, uh, you know, fan, super fan for a while. Um, and, and, you know, he's got uh, he's got Dexter Hardaway doing the booking for him. And I'll tell you, like relying on a guy who's got a good mind for the business and who's been doing it for 20 years has really allowed them to put on a compelling product. And they have going for him like they, they get catering for their guys. Uh, they, they pay them pretty well. Like it's it's not a huge payday, but it's better than most of the independent promotions around here. And as a result, they've been able to put on shows with a lot of the really top tier local talent and who knows if they'll have longevity they're fairly new but i i worked there a show and had a great time and i hope to come back soon um the last one we had a conflict but just i had a good time and with kind of where my career is at that that's like 90 percent. if i'm having a good time and i'm with people that i enjoy being around i'm i'm in so with that being said let's talk about actually getting into the business because um i said it earlier you already mentioned it uh you were trained by uh Kirby, um, Stephen Kirby and Rodney Mack. Now, uh, one of our uh, former hosts on the show is the modern day hero, Kevin Douglas, who was trained by Rodney Mack. Him and the Manimal have been friends of the show for a very, very long time and kind of grew up with Rodney Mack and Jazz and, and was were trained in that dog pound. And he's told us the stories of how rough those training sessions could be and, and how tough Rodney Mack really is. Yeah. Uh, Tell us about your experiences at the dog pounding and training for pro wrestling. Well, you know, I wish I was closer and I could go there more often um, uh, because, you know, Rodney and, and Jazz in particular, you know, that for what they've accomplished in wrestling, they're surprisingly accessible. And that's the first thing that anybody who works with them notices about them is, is they want everybody to get better. And they, they've, 
they'll take, uh, you know, they've turned out a really good product, not only in their training center, but in their new, you know, relatively new promotion. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, I had a match with Rodney, and this is actually how, how I was introduced to him. I had a match with him, and he came up to me, and he said, what are we going to do in this match, kid? And, you know, <laughs> first of all, like, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm 38 or, or something, and, you know, what are you going to do in this match, kid? And I looked at him, I said, you've been doing this uh, forever, so I'm going to get in the ring and do exactly what you tell me to do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we had a good match, and his feedback was that I listened well, I, I moved well, you know, things like that. Um, and then uh, he invited me to a couple other shows. He got me booked on a couple other shows, uh, continuing to kind of work with me and develop me. And then, um, you know, I got the opportunity to go down there and train with him. Um, uh, actually, I went down there for an entire week, like driving down and back uh, wow. <laughs> uh, from from Dallas area to San Antonio. Uh, and like after training, I would drive back and get back at like three in the morning. But, uh, you know, for whatever reason, um you know, he, he, he took a liking to me and took me under his wing a little bit. And, you know, every time I, I'm in, I get a chance to go work with him, you know, he'll, he'll put a match, he'll put a match together that, uh, teaches me something new, you know, put me in a scenario that's kind of new to me. Um, and, and, and that's what, that's, that's, that's what kind of strikes me about, about them down there is they're, they're, they're very focused on, even when they're putting together a show, obviously the goal is to make money and entertain fans, but they're, they're deliberately booking things to develop the people that are involved in those matches. Um, and, and, they're, like I said, they're so accessible. Jazz, uh, gosh, my wife is not a huge wrestling fan, right? And she sometimes comes to things when she feels like she needs to support me, but she's just not really into it. Sure. By the time we finished up at Dog Pound, uh, I went backstage while she was talking to Jazz, and Jazz made her feel so welcome and so appreciated for being there that my wife was like, I can't wait to come back. You know, and that's, that's just the kind of people they are. They have high standards, certainly. Um, but they're super accessible and they're invested in other people's success. And, you know, Stephen Kirby giving me a solid foundation to where I could then roll into doing some work with, with Rodney and jazz and really be able to absorb it. Um, you know, I've, I've been very blessed in the people that have chosen to give me some of their time. Um, Jack's Dane has been a great mentor to me, um, you know, helping me out both in the ring and just, you know, uh, pinging me on social media. Like, Hey, I think this is something you should do, you know, giving me advice. Um, I don't know what I did to deserve it, but like having people like that that are invested in my success has been really, really cool. Sometimes it just takes being a good dude um, and good dudes recognizing good dudes. Uh, Jack Stain is probably one of our favorite guests on this show. He's been on a, a handful of times over the last 15 years or mm -hmm. so, and uh, he's always been such a, a positive influence on the show, and he's very supportive of what we do here. And even when we don't have nice things to say about the NWA, uh, he still has always like uh, supported the show. So uh, that dude is a, a, a great dude. And if he's uh, stepped in into any kind of mentor status with you, I mean, he's the one of the best guys to have in your corner because that guy's done a lot in his uh, short time in the ring as well. Yeah, he, uh, you know, even even the hard truth. That's what I like about him, actually. Even something that you might not want to hear, you know, if he feels yeah. like you need to hear it, give you some hard truth and. You know, sometimes I have to step back and be like, yeah, he's right. I'm, I'm being an idiot here, you know, um, and, and, and that's the kind of stuff I appreciate. So how long were you training before you actually got into your first match? Like what what was the timetable? Because, uh, you know, you hear a lot of times or some some guys, it, it, it takes a while for them to yeah. get that debut match. How long, I mean, we're talking you you've been in the business for three years. So how long did it take before that that first uh, match? 
I think I'm about three years from my first match. And before that, there was um, – so I trained for about seven or eight months. Uh, and then MPX had their annual, like, Time Warp show, which is uh, where all the, all the wrestlers would get together and they would dress as, like, a, a wrestler from back in the day, right? And so I got an opportunity to work a match as Hulk Hogan, which, you know, came in, <laughs> came in handy because, like, American Hulk Hogan, not Hulk in Japan. So um, I got an opportunity to have a pretty, a pretty simple – my first match was that. I, I had the, the skullet glued to my head, and I had the bleached mustache. Like, it was my mustache, but I bleached it, which, by the way, that hurts a lot. Uh, and I had a match with Stephen Kirby and he was boss man. And we basically did the match from the inaugural episode of nitro. Um, and, uh, so, you know, something nice and simple. It wasn't until a few months later that I did my first match with like my, my own character, my own gimmick. Um, I think that was at around the 10 month mark. Um, and then I was, I was pretty regular rotation over at MPX for a while. So I got it. I, you know, that's another nice thing about weekly shows is I got a lot of reps in pretty quick. And, and then, so that kind of brings me like, in, you know, I'm looking at your schedule here and I'm seeing like so many different shows that are coming up and the, not only are the promotions diverse, but it's not like a lot of guys in, in Texas seem to be content with just staying in Texas. And, and that's not necessarily an insult. There's tons of wrestling shows always happening in that state, but I'm looking at your, your upcoming uh, bookings. And I mean, you're, you're in Fate, you're in Sherman, and then you're in Arkansas, and then you're in mm-hmm. South Carolina. Uh, do you do a lot of traveling on the regular, or, or is this something that's new to you? Or um, it's does... it's it's it, it kind of not a lot, um, but you know, one of the things that I kind of came to terms with pretty quick is that you know I, I I've been blessed with a with a fantastic shoot job. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a software engineering manager, um, which you know nobody ever believes when I tell them, but <laughs> like as big as you are, you're a software engineer. And, um, and, and so what that has afforded me is sort of the opportunity to, um, you know, as my wife puts it, do the things that fill your cup, um, South Carolina, probably something that I wouldn't do on a regular basis. Um, but they're giving me the opportunity to preach. So, you know, okay. um, I'm essentially going out there, getting my travel expenses taken care of and, nice. you know, basically, uh, uh, working for free. Uh, the Arkansas thing promotion up there ran by Ivan Warsaw, who is another guy who's taken an interest in me and has been really helpful. Um, and he offered me, you know, a, a spot on a show in his, you know, up and coming promotion. Um, and it just so happens that the place he's running is right next to my, my wife's family. So, oh. you know, we can kind of kill two birds with one stone. I can go up there. I can wrestle. I can make some money and, and, uh, you know, we can spend some time with the family. Um, and then, you know, again, it, my, uh, I've had, uh, I, I went out to, to, uh, Georgia, um, just a little while ago, um, same kind of situation, you know, here's my rate. Uh, well, that's kind of steep. Well, if you let me preach, I'll give you a discount. And so it's kind of like become a vehicle for me to, you know, spread the gospel and, uh, and, and give back a little bit as well. Um, but you know, again, there's so much good shows in Texas that if you want to work, there's no shortage of places to do it. Right. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what I was saying. There's like, there's no shortage of quality promotions in, in that state. Uh, the least of which is, uh, you know, one that's kind of near and dear to our heart. And that would be the I, uh, HWE. Uh, we, we were trying to partner with David and, and the folks over at IHWE to, again, we want to help promote it, get the, get the word out. Uh, David has been kind enough to come on the show twice. Now we previewed the, uh, the event that happened on the, um, what was that? The geez, the second, 
the last Thursday. Um, the first. Yeah. The 31st. 31st, yeah. Uh, and so we previewed that show, and, and we were talking about it. And, uh, you know, your name wasn't in the original title match, was it? I mean, how, uh, no. how do we get to that point? Let's let's talk about – I mean, we're going to get into more about uh, the promotion itself, but you yeah. were the one – you won the, the heavyweight championship, the world championship. You weren't booked in the main event. How did that happen? How did you finagle that? Uh, you know, uh, well, we're shooting here, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we wanted to, we wanted to give we wanted to give the fans since IHW has been away for a while and is and is making a comeback. We wanted to give the fans something exciting to start it off, right? And uh, I was in the middle of you know this this transition into a new character and a new gimmick, and and Fuller and I started talking, and you know he's got this anti-bullying stuff that he wanted us involved in. And, uh, and, and there's some opportunities to not only, you know, put on wrestling shows, but do some work in the community. Right. Um, Hey, a fellow software engineer, are you a wrestler too? <laughs> I think, uh, we need to get more of us in the business. Um, but anyway, you know, he, he has a lot of good ideas for how to partner with people in the community and sort of like do more in the Fort Worth area, just even outside of the shows. Um, and you know, that's, that's kind of what I'm all about, you know? And, uh, so I was all in with that. Um, he announced me kind of with my old gimmick and put a poster out, but they didn't announce a match. They did that kind of on purpose. And then early in the card, they, uh, you know, they put me against Mikey B and I murdered him. And so that was sort of like, okay, that's, that's Fitz's match. That's what he was here for. So the, the ending was a surprise to everybody. And, um, you know, we wanted to, you know, not only make the title picture interesting, um, but, uh, you know, um, uh, put on a good show and give them a nice swerve that would piss the fans off, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Lesson number one about ending the wrestling show. Either have the fans leave happy or have them leave so pissed off that they want to buy the ticket for next week, next yep. time to watch you ever get even. Yep. <laughs> so so he's got a good thing. You know, uh, IHWE was a mainstay for a while in the area, and um, I'm hoping that this resurgence goes well. I think, you know, we do have a little bit of a saturated market, but there's so many consumers that I don't think it's really a bad thing right now in, in, in North Texas. And, and uh, you know, I'm hoping that, that David has a bunch of success because I think that he brings a, a unique perspective to the table and the kinds of things that he wants to do. Um, and like I said, we went to the, we went to that uh, Western Hills elementary school and did this anti-bullying, you know, uh, uh, assembly for the kids. Um, and it was just a really great way to feel like I'm using wrestling as a vehicle to do something positive in the community. Well, let me ask you this: Is it hard for you? Um, because obviously, I mean, you're you're preaching the ministry and all of that. Is it hard for you to then get into the ring and and be the bad guy? Uh, does that make it difficult for you to do that? I don't think so. The um, one of the nice things about <clears throat> the Christian Wrestling Federation, and again, you know, the the veil has sort of been pulled off of of the the business for some time now. People understand intrinsically what's going on. Um, I know there's some people that disagree with how we do things at CWF, but like once the final match happens and the, and the message starts from the, from the pastor, you know, uh, we kind of, we kind of drop the, uh, the character and we come out and, and good guy or bad guy, somebody in the, you know, there's a point at every show where if you need prayer, you just need somebody to talk to, raise your hand and we'll come up to you and we'll, we'll try to, you know, provide some comfort. And so <clears throat> I got really good at when I need to, you know, turning it off and, and, and doing that sort of thing. Um, you know, uh, there is definitely something to be said for keeping the immersion. And I see that there are drawbacks to the way that we do things at CWF, but it's for, a, you know, for a, 
a, a, a more positive end goal. We have a, a specific goal in mind and how we do that. And, and, you know, the fans, you know, they turn it on and off too. I mean, the same people that are screaming and talking smack to me and sometimes throwing things at me uh, when I was a heel over there anyway, uh, you know, at the end of the show, they're, they're, you know, raising their hand and they want you to come pray with them. Um, and, and, you know, my standard prayer before we go out, even with the ref and my opponents is, you know, not only let's, let's see if we can, you know, please help keep us safe and keep each other safe, but we, we want God to put us in a position where we can put on a show that's good enough that whatever's ailing them, whatever's hurting them, they can forget about for a while, you know? And I think that's really one of the ways in which pro wrestling, whether it's a Christian promotion or not, uh, is, is providing a, a, a service to the community. People go in there and whether they're having money travel problems or relationship problems or, you know, they're depressed or things aren't going well at work, they can forget about that for a while, you know, and that's one of the most valuable things we do in this business. Well, that's 100% accurate. I mean, and we talk about it on the show all the time. I mean, a wrestling show, you know, with tickets are between 10 to $20 for most shows. Uh, that's cheaper than going to the movies for a family. Yep. And, uh, you know, you, your value certainly gets stretched out a lot further at an independent wrestling show than, than say like the movie theater or or other alternative forms of entertainment. Um, I did kind of modify it your be interactive. That's true. Yeah. That's also interactive. I modified the poster for your upcoming uh, CWF event because I wanted to make sure that your face was on the poster. So I kind of just modified it to include. Uh, I know that there's the four championship matches that yep. are coming up. You're defending your interdenominational championship against Ryan Hart, mm -hmm. and that's taking place. Um, I believe that's this Saturday, right? Yeah, that's this Saturday at uh, Encounter Church in Fate, Texas. And uh, and so, and the tickets again are ten dollars. I think that's a, again a huge yeah. value for families. You know, I I've, when I take my kids out to do something, you know, it's it's usually twenty bucks a head for five. You know. My, my three kids, my wife and myself, I mean, you're already looking at a hundred dollars right there. So right. that $10 ticket price sure is a, a, a nice, a nice uh, thank you for the customer who's coming to visit. Um, tell us a little bit about the Christian wrestling federation. Uh, you, you did say that there's a lot of ministry involved um, in, in some community outreach. Tell us a little bit more about it. Well, you know, the, the, the CWF started, I mean, it was over 20 years ago now. And, uh, you know, you may recognize some of the names along, you know, Rob Vaughn runs it now and he, he started it. But, you know, Tim Storm was there at the very beginning as well. Um, yeah. And he's, he's a mainstay there. He's there quite regularly. In fact, him and Adam Asher, APOC, they're the tag champions right now. And, uh, you know, the, the mission has always been to, you know, use wrestling as a vehicle to, you know, again, provide comfort, preach the gospel. Um, and, and give us a platform to do that. And, and it's really amazing, you know, some of the things that, that happen at those shows. So we had, you know, we do our, our regular shows um, at, at the, what we call the Lordatorium. We do those, you know, every, uh, every month and sometimes twice a month. Uh, but also, you know, we, we go out and we do shows at churches all over the place. And <clears throat> my favorite is when we pick a place where there's not much going on, town kind of out in the middle of nowhere. We went to Carthage, Missouri a while back did two nights of shows there. There's nothing going on there. So a whole bunch of people show up. And then, you know, in, in one weekend, we have 70 people almost that become Christians and give their lives to the Lord. And, uh, you know, the, the next week, the pastor's telling us like, yeah, I, I ran out of room in the church, you know? Um, uh, so it's really great to be able to get out there and, and pray with people and preach with people. And a lot of us, even it's a ministry for us too. You know, some of the wrestlers there, they've been through some tough times, myself included, you know, I, 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 uh, 
nearly went through a terrible, terrible divorce a couple of years ago. And, you know, thankfully we were able to save it. But as a result, you know, I was fully prepared when we went to one of these shows and I was preaching on it and talking about it and talking about marriage and talking about heartache and, and how to, you know, lean more on God to get you through some of that stuff. And then people will come up to you and say, man, that's exactly what I needed to hear tonight, you know? And so it's, it's a really good opportunity for us to, you know, fill our own cups as well. You know, it, it provides that comfort for us as well, being with a group of people who have struggled and, and come out the other side, you know? And then just uh, looking at the schedule, because I, I mean, you're like I said, you're jumping around a lot. Uh, you're facing one of our uh, one of our old NWA names. Excuse me, I'm going to sneeze here in a second. Um, at Sexahoma Pro Wrestling, uh, let me pull up the, the graphic because I I like graphics. Yeah. Oh, I don't have the graphic. Great. <laughs> you're facing you're facing uh, a former uh, Jackson Riker in the WWE. Uh, Gunner in the independence and impact wrestling. Mm-hmm. We knew him as Phil Shatter as the NWA North American champion, a guy who had all the tools. We thought he was going to be NWA world's heavyweight champion. And uh, I think you got a, a lot set up for yourself. Yep. Uh, that match is really exciting for me. It gives me the opportunity to test myself against, you know, somebody that has, has done a whole lot and who, uh, you know, quite frankly, is going to challenge me, you know, in, in a number of ways. Um, I'm super excited about it. A little nervous as well. I mean, you know, he's uh, a high profile guy. Uh, and not only that, but, you know, he's very bold about his faith too. So he challenges me in that way as well. And um, I'm, I'm super, super excited about that match. And I'm really appreciative of Texoma and Robert Langdon for, you know, giving me an opportunity like that with how, how short of a time I have in the business. I was trying to share the graphic right there. And, uh, that's a good looking poster. That is, whoever did that is very talented because that does look great. Um, very good looking poster right, right there. Um, and, and again, Gunner is a guy who, uh, you know, now that he's uh, a part of the independent wrestling scene again, I think you're going to see him show up in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's kind of cool. You're getting an opportunity to get him before he gets uh, overexposed again. But uh yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's going to be a fun match for you because he's a big guy too. So it's going to be a couple of hosses in there. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. It's always nice to work somebody that's that's got some some meat to him, right? Because uh, you know, as a big guy, there's I don't get to take a lot of stuff a lot of times, and so it's right. nice it's nice when we can kind of go hog wild. I, I used to uh, I, we used to have Adam Pierce on this show a lot, and uh, you know, he's not the He's not the biggest guy in the ring, of course, but he's never been the smallest guy. Mm-hmm. And he would always talk about, you know, being in a match where uh, he would say uh, it was light work or he, you know, it was how hard was that match? Oh, it was like a, it was a feather. It was a day off. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that you'll have a, a different kind of night uh, that night. I don't think it'll yeah. be as a feather for, with. Uh, I with, fully uh, intend to, you know, I fully intend to be uh ice and hot tub the next day and feeling it, but that's, you know, that's good. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. And then, uh, and then the following week, I mean, I got your, I got most of your schedule up here and then the following week you're heading out to the Ozarks mm-hmm. and, uh, you're going to be a part of demolition. Uh, the, again, I had to po- cut off the poster there, but, uh, demolition, I think it's the Derby. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I see some familiar faces on that poster too. So it's like, uh, you're getting some high profile matches out there. Yeah. I'm really excited about that show too. Um, 
not only because, you know, I, Ivan Warsaw is somebody that I really have come to respect and, and appreciate his help and input, but, you know, I mean, Malico and Chandler, right. And, and Miranda Gordy, what can you say about those folks? They're great. Uh, but also, like I said, my, my wife's family is out there and, and her, her grandmother was a big, you know, sportatorium era wrestling fan. And she hasn't Whoa. been to a, she hasn't been to a show in forever. Mm-hmm. You know, she's had some health problems. She's on oxygen and stuff, but she's going out there and nice. she's going to, she's going to watch me and Ivan Warsaw beat the snot out of each other. That's awesome. And you, when you say sportatorium, I know exactly what kind of thing yep. you're talking about too. So, yep. uh, you know, we, we had, we had the grand Olympic out here and it was a little bit different, but I mean, there were days, there were days when Freddie Blassie was getting stabbed leaving the ring because of how, <laughs> how awful he was. And uh, so I, I know that it was kind of similar, at least kindred spirits. And then of course, uh, hey, in sportatorium, it was almost more dangerous to be a, a face. Because yeah, those, gr- th- those girls, <laughs> if wrestling's missing anything today, wrestling's missing that 16 through 29-year-old female range. But you go look at the sportorium, and, you know, the girls are there and pushing their boyfriends and husbands aside so they can kiss upon Eric. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, the you know the Von Erics would leave you know, every Friday night with scratches all over their <laughs> body, not from wrestling in the ring, but from the girls trying to grab them. So, man. Those were, those were Michael P.S. Hayes claws. <laughs> and then and then the week after that, uh, we talked about you're going to be in uh, in South Carolina for, um, I have it written down here, for uh, Pro Wrestling Union, where you'll be challenging the tag team champions, the Heart Killers, uh, so again, I, I mean, you're you're all over the place, and and again, I I kind of uh, is is this blossoming? Is this something that uh, you are uh, envisioning continuing? Like, is this is this something that you're expecting to keep going for you? You know, I'm trying not to expect anything, and I know that sounds kind of weird, but you know, again, I've been I've been blessed with a, a very good career, and and wrestling kind of. I don't want to say it happened accidentally because I put a ton of heart and time and work into it, but it's something that I wouldn't have envisioned for myself, you know, and, and the, you know, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it as long as I can until it either hurts too much or I don't enjoy it anymore. Right. Um, I have pretty modest goals though, man. Like, you know, I want to do some more traveling just for the experiences and all that kind of stuff. But, but really my, my goal in wrestling, and I, I talked to Bob Evans about this the last seminar I went with him because he's asking people their goals. And a lot of guys, you know, they want to get on AEW, they want to get on WWE and NWA and all that would be great, man. I would love any of that. But, but like a more modest goal that I have that really is kind of my central thing is I want people to look back at my time in wrestling and say, yeah, you know, Fitz was, he was a good guy and he was easy to work with, you know? And I always loved having them around. I've had promoters bring me on or bring me back just based on that. I mean, I had a, I had a not very good match at a place, and they booked me again just because, like, hey, you know, stuff happens, but I like having you in my locker room, you know. And that's 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 what I want, you know. I want I want that feedback of like, you know, you're a you're a positive person to have attached to my company. Uh, that's more important to me than anything else. Maybe we can send you to New Jersey. New Jersey, no guy. We we know a guy in New Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> it's in like fact, a, he'll probably he he could very easily be on the show a little bit later. <laughs> it's it's like a mob hit. We know a guy in Jersey. I know a guy. <laughs> let me hook you up with uh, let me hook you up with Jimmy Bones. I know a guy. Yeah. Do you do you have a problem <laughs> with uh, carrying tire irons into uh, into uh, dance clubs? 
<laughs> well, I mean, this has been a lot of fun getting to know you. Um, and you, you kind of just answered the next question I have for you. It's like, so what is the, um, what is the goal? What is the mission? And, and I think that's an admirable thing to say because, you know, the, the business that you're in, you do have a limited time. Everyone has that bump card. Yeah. And when that last bump is done, it's usually done. There's very few guys that can extend past that. And uh, please don't take this the wrong way, but, I mean, you're not a young guy anymore no. either. And you're pushing. And I think that's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I, that's very admirable. Uh you know, you're you're absolutely right, man. Like I I have no illusions, right? I got into wrestling in my late 30s. I'm a, I'm going to turn 40 in September, and I'm still in in my mind. I'm a rookie, right? Um, I know that I probably don't have more than a few more years of this. I get that, and and it's you know it has. Although I have gotten into far better shape and I've become healthier as a result, like the age and the recovery time. I mean, the the reality is is I don't recover from a minor injury like I did when I was in my early 20s. You know. And so I know I've got a limited time. And like I said, my, the way that I create an impact, don't get me wrong, if I get an opportunity to go on NWA or something, like I would jump at the chance and move heaven and earth to make it happen. But at the end of the day, you know, creating those experiences and those memories and, and having people look back at my time in wrestling as a positive thing, even on the local level, being a positive force locally, that's, that's all I really care about. Well, who wouldn't want a guy with a top hat? <laughs> well, and, and as we're talking about the NWA, I just picture you and Judas in the ring at the same time, and I think that can be very interesting. Two big guys in the ring together. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of mischief that could be happening there. Uh, um, big guy matches are a lot of fun. We, you know, on and this there's show, plenty of big guys in the NWA. On this show, we use the term "hoss fight" because we just love the hoss fights. And, uh, you know, we started saying that when it was Tim Storm and Jack Stane for the NWA World's Heavyweight yeah. title. And uh, those were just so much fun back then. And uh, and then it just seems like that's what the NWA decided to roll with because there's a yeah. lot of guys in that promotion who would size up great with you because, uh, you know, everyone's at least six foot four. Everyone's about 250 yeah. pounds. So it, you wouldn't be wrestling lightweights, that's for sure. Well, that's cool. That's what's cool about how they've positioned themselves in this latest incarnation, right? Like they've, they've managed to carve out a niche that uh, kind of differentiates themselves from other products. And uh, Firefly over here, he commented the next Tim Storm. Let me tell you about Tim Storm, man. Um, I feel privileged every time that guy spends a little bit of time with me and gives me some advice or critiques one of my matches. I, 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 I appreciate the comment, but, man, I, I don't feel fit to lace that guy's boots up. He is certainly a special individual. Uh, you know, he, Tim's been on this show. I've, I've been lucky enough to, to sit down with him and talk to him at length. Uh, another guy who's just amazing. So, so um, down to earth for what he's accomplished, what he's yeah. done in the business. And, and even also got a late start. He's yeah. an inspiration to me for just that reason. I mean, you've got a couple of really good guys around you. If you're telling me that Rodney Mack, Tim Storm, and uh, Jack Stane, I mean, those are all three dudes that are highly respected on this podcast. So uh, definitely have the right guys around you. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, it's it's one of them things where whatever I did to to earn, you know, them taking an interest, it's it's super appreciated because to have guys like that give you, a, you know, actionable advice. Anybody can stand behind the curtain, and when you come through, they're like, hey, great match. And, you know, like, okay that guy really didn't pay a whole lot of attention or he'd have more, more to say, but you've, you know, you've got these guys, you know, Rodney and Jackson and, and, and Tim Storm and Ivan Warsaw that, you know, 
they're they're like, hey, let's let's talk about that match. It was it was good, but here's how it could be great, you know. And and to get that kind of investment for people that have accomplished so much in the wrestling business, like that that um, I, I take pride in that, you know. I, I feel very appreciative and grateful for that sort of uh, uh, investment from guys of that caliber. Well, since uh, we're we're getting close to wrapping up the interview, why don't you put out your social medias in your uh how people can follow you on socials or maybe pick up a t-shirt or something like that. Sure. Um, t-shirts right now. Um, I'm, I'm making some new ones, but you can go on pro wrestling tees and look for Christian wrestling federation. We do have some Bible club t-shirts up there um, on Twitter, which is sort of a new thing for me. Um, uh, I, I resisted for a while, but uh, fits fights on Twitter. And then also uh, on, on Facebook, facebook.com slash big fits wrestler. Um, and then I've got Fitz fights on TikTok as well, although that is less wrestling related and more just me being ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and then Fitz fight on Instagram. And then also the website fitzfights.com. Don't want to forget that. Yep. Uh, and you know, just as we're ending the show, I just happened to, I just Googled big Fitz cause I couldn't remember the name of the website. And what do I see? Well, there's a match with you at SWE Fury against Anthony Anderson. Uh, oh, there's a match against too. Jack Stane at Dog Pound Championship Wrestling just from last year. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, guys, I, I know, uh, you know, this is kind of new for us to cover the Texas wrestling scene, but you're probably going to see a lot more interviews from us soon. And we're trying to put that spotlight on what's happening out there. Make sure you go check out Big Fits and check out some of these matches uh, because uh, I think you're going to hear his name a lot more frequently in the next coming months and years, you know. Uh, and are hoping that, uh, you know, the success keeps following you, my friend. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And, and before I go, there's one last thing I'd like to put over, if I may. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, Metroplex Wrestling, I train there still, even though I'm not on their show anymore. I, I train there twice a week whenever I can. And, uh, you know, Stephen Kirby and the people that are helping out there, we have, you know, Matt Palmer and Athena are out there helping out a lot with training. Um, they're putting out a great product. The training center is really churning out solid, solid workers who really put a lot of effort and a lot of heart into what they're doing. And, and personally, I think Stephen Kirby is probably one of the most uh, underappreciated, maybe best kept secrets in Texas. I mean, not only has he been running a promotion that stayed profitable, even in bad times, um, you know, but he has trained uh, a, a bunch of people that have gone on to do some really cool things. And, uh, you know, he, 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 the investment that he puts in people, he doesn't kick anybody out. That's one of his things. He, he refuses to kick anybody out, no matter how bad they think they are. As long as they keep trying, they're in, you know. And I think that um, he has been such a positive force for North Texas wrestling that, uh, you know, I can't say enough good things about the guy. He's, he's a great guy, and I love him. So with that being said, any promoters out there, slide into those DMs, get a hold of Big Fitz, get this man on your show, six foot 10, 350 pounds, uh, and, and not a nicer guy you're going to be able to find. So, Fitz, appreciate thanks for your time, man. We really appreciate you being here, and uh, we wish you all the best. Uh, thanks a bunch. It was a ton of fun. Thanks, Fitz. Have a good one. And that's Big Fitz, everyone. Uh, he is your IHWE world champion, a legitimate heavyweight champion. You know, we talk about world champions all the time. That dude is a legitimate heavyweight champion, and uh, we were glad he could be on with the show, uh, be on the show with us today. Um what do you want to add, DK? Uh, just, you know, he's pretty typical of what you're going to see in the Texas wrestling scene. Obviously, not everybody is that big. But we do have plenty of big people. We do have plenty of 
talented people that are just, you know, good people, both either in the ring or behind the scenes. And it's one of the reasons we're going to be spotlighting some of them. I guess I'll throw a spoiler out there. We're scheduling an interview with the first excellence champion. Uh, I believe it's sometime next week. And uh, so we'll have a chance to talk with uh, Corey Constantine. And, you know, you're going to see that there's some good people that pass through here. And not all of them are even based here. Some was just passing through. So I'm I'm excited to get to do this. I'm excited to, you know, give them a platform where they can talk. And I can't wait to continue this. Yeah, and that's, uh, again, really appreciate the relationship we have with David Fuller over at uh, IHWE. Um, really kind of helped make uh, some of these uh, options available to us. And I know, DK, you've been putting in a lot of work over there too, but uh, uh, really appreciate it. Um, and again, I like hearing new voices. That's that's one of the hallmarks of the old podcast that we used to do um, because, yes, we were NWA-focused, but there was a territory system. So we could talk to wrestlers in Texas and talk to wrestlers in Tennessee, talk to wrestlers in Atlanta and and Florida and all that other good stuff. And we covered a much more wrestling than just one promotion. And as much as we love the NWA, we're going to continue to make that our wheelhouse. But you will hear us from time to time talk to some independent talents that are not in the NWA. And uh, I hope you guys will stick around for that part of the show too, because I really feel like there's some value in that. And uh, of course, uh, we, what our hopes are is to bring good guys on the show that we could talk about and girls and make sure that they get a, a spotlight as much as we can shine on them with uh, with the channel that we have. Anyways, guys, we do genuinely appreciate you guys being here each and every week, and that's going to do it for us. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back Tuesday with some more uh, pre-partying. Uh, I believe we have an interview scheduled uh, on, I think, Wednesday? maybe Tuesday night. I don't know. We'll, you, you'll find out soon enough. I'll, we'll make sure to post it on all the social medias. Stay tuned to that. And uh, until next time, we'll see you gentlemen at the matches. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you, we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. for NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.